0: Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. As it likes to do this time of year around 4 p.m. or so. As we stumble toward years and winter solstice. Just four weeks away now. Which can be a gloomy thought when we realize how much of the year got away from us again. But sometime next week I'll buck up and drive down to the Christmas tree lot wherever I can find one. Preferably not in the Home Improvement Chain's parking lot. We'll see what's out there this time around. And if the magic still works sometime around the second week of December, I will start to feel it again. The disappointments and distractions of the year gone by just might turn into something sweeter, but not too sweet. A little more than bittersweet, it's a fine line. When the fireplace is roaring and the little lights are twinkling on the noble fir, that strange mood of Christmas time usually comes again. It's not nostalgia, not for me, anyway. I don't know what it is. But it's something older than that. Rolling with the great wheel of the year, I suppose, when the horrified realization I'm still here slowly turns into, well, I'm still here. Maybe we'll get some snow for the holidays in the high desert. For the past five years, four years, four or five years, there has been snow. Sometimes a whole lot of it. Sometimes a dusting on the foothills. Sometimes you think it passed by without leaving a trace. And then the clouds break and the white winter sun reveals the little San Bernardino Mountains are just covered. From Eureka Peak to Quail Mountain, sparkling in the morning light. Looking down the barrel at 20 and 24, which is going to be a very interesting year. If you've got your antenna in place, I mean the invisible one atop your head, then you will know more than most that the new year will be one for the books. Wonders and horrors by the truckload. You know it's getting wild when the laws and the policies are coming as quick as the news. What you're allowed to do or say or which war you're allowed to cheerlead for as long as it's something far away. Everybody's getting squeezed one way or the other by the mob on the street or the mob in the palace. It hardly matters. My sense is that a lot of figures in the news today will not even be around by next Christmas time, you know? Many will not be alive. Uh, many more of them will be out of commission Put out to pasture Removed from the world stage By forces known and unknown Both natural and supernatural You'll see Listening to Cat Williams on the comedy station on satellite radio while driving past Ridgecrest must have been a newer routine post pandemic. And he had everybody going like the best preacher in town about how everything's a war now, a war between the truth and a lie. The truth and a lie. The truth and a lie. That's how you do it in church. You repeat the key points with rhythmic insistence. But as smart as Cat Williams is, he never really told us what part was true and what part was a lie. Because it's impossible to keep track. It's exhausting by design. And if there's anything to learn from war all the time, it is this you got to pick your battles. And you got to know when it's not your battle, which is 99.9% of all battles, it turns out. That's a locational thing. The other night I was looking for a particular Neil Young song called Long May You Run, I don't have it on a record or a CD, so I looked on the digital music system that everybody uses, and there wasn't any Neil Young music. And I could not even remember why. Only that there was some controversy years ago, I think, and now I can't listen to Long May You Run. People take these... Big dramatic stands, and a few months later, it's impossible to remember what it involved. What was all that about anyways? Who knows? These days I glance over the smoking ruins of social media, and people I've never heard of have lost their whole careers and livelihoods in this or that public realm for saying the wrong thing at the wrong moment, and they're the one that gets made an example of The moment almost surely came with a sense of real conviction about whatever issue which will be, if not forgotten, certainly no longer the only or primary topic of public discourse such as it is. You come across some evidence of it long after the fact, and it's like a disposable face mask very slowly breaking down on a desert trail. Or the Ukraine flag emoji on a dead person's Twitter account, you know? A sign of something, a piece of historical evidence. Primarily of interest to... Anthropologists and archaeologists of the future. But we're all just so desperate to have something to believe in one way or another, something to make us feel like we're not just another consumer in a database with all of our supposed likes and dislikes and choices and options on a very narrow spectrum we rarely deviate from. Until maybe the madness switch goes off, and then maybe we make a melodramatic deviation, which also it seems is more or less the function of a larger operation, like slime molds moving through the plastic corridors of the science lab maze. And sometimes you come out of it right before the final horrific act, blinking in the daylight. I'm not a killer. I just wanted to get into the caves. I've mentioned the great spiritual sites of the ancient world in a couple of recent broadcasts. This stuff is always on my mind these past couple years, but especially since the early autumn. The past month or so. I'm always interested in the parts of culture that persist through time, like the way the people of a dozen thousand years ago gathered in fine weather for the great festivals at the sacred hill site in Anatolia, now called Gobekli Tepe. At the very beginnings of agriculture, that's where we get our words culture, and cult, and even occult. All from the ancient words for cultivation. There is evidence for large scale hunting of gazelle between midsummer and autumn during the 2000 years or so when the great complex was in active use. The mysterious temples have great stone columns with beautiful relief carvings of lions and boars, snakes and scorpions. And one scholarly reading of the evidence points to the brewing of beer for the people who came from every direction. For the great feast of barbecue served up to mark the important dates, midsummer and autumn equinox being the likely range. But who knows, maybe they had a Christmas festival, too, with a festive market people bringing interesting things to trade, interesting holiday delicacies from far and wide. Steadily through the ten or 12,000 years since, we've kept holidays and held great festivals and gone on pilgrimage to the sacred zones, the temples and holy groves and holy mountains. The religions change and very dramatically changed about 1,500 years ago in the West when the last of the classical temples were destroyed, covered in gloomy churches or just disappeared under the silt and soil of millennia. But the practices are eternal as many Western Buddhists are horrified to discover when they visit the great temples of Asia where the masses do the usual things done at religious sites around the world and throughout time. They chant and say prayers and light candles and leave donations, take part in the rituals and crowd into the most famous spots. But it's Delphi that sticks with me most because we know so much more about it than most ancient temples and it's still a tremendous mystery. What really happened there? 19th century romantic paintings of the Pythia are based on thin shards of conflicting textual evidence. But there's plenty of textual evidence for the maxims, the brief poetic statements of truth or wisdom or conundrum marked in stone all around the sacred district. There was no rule book for ancient religion, generally speaking, not beyond the local or regional rules for taking part in the festivals. No holy text you had to follow day after dreary day. But there were the maxims said to have been left behind by the seven sages. Most are entirely understandable and relatable today. And those that are not still contain much to contemplate. Think without time limits. Act quickly. Guard friendship. Be grateful. Do not reveal entrusted secrets. what you have judge without accepting gifts speak only when you know Do not behave in a violent way. Live without sorrow. Behave with gentleness to others. Complete your activities without fear and without shrinking back. Struggle without losing your good reputation. Act without repenting. But when you err, repent. Fear ruling, fear being in charge. Pursue what is profitable. Accept opportunity with pleasure. Sympathize Sympathize with with the unlucky. unlucky. Gratify without harming. Do not not sign a guarantee when obtaining a loan. Speak speak plainly. plainly. Shun murder. Think first, act later. Wish for things that are possible. Be interested in public affairs. Guard what is yours. Shun what belongs to others. Listen to everyone. Be religiously silent. Do favors for your friends, use time in an economical way, associate with the wise, test the character of a person, nothing in excess. as if you are a stranger, honor your family, control yourself, control your anger, help your friends. Exercise prudence Honor divine providence Worship God Respect your parents Be overcome by justice Base your knowledge on learning. Give back what you have received. Intend to get married. to know the right opportunity. Exercise knowledge and skills in profession, trade, or science. Give what you mean to give. Honor good deeds. Be jealous of no one. Be on your guard. Grieve for nobody. Make promises to no one. Do not wrong the dead. Be well off as a mortal. Do not trust fortune. Does a child be well behaved? Does a teenager control yourself? At middle age... Be just. When you're old, be sensible. On reaching the end, be without sorrow. Boyd, as Isaacs, and across the great Mojave wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio, with a lot of musical soundscapes tonight by Red, Blue, Black, Silver, and I'm your night watchman, Ken Lane. What's it like to live in the Mojave Desert out in the great Mojave wilderness, the middle of nowhere? People ask me from time to time, and I say usually, well, it sure rains a lot. Yeah, it's the hottest and driest of our five official U.S. American deserts, the Mojave is. But for years now, it just rains and rains. It rains all year round except in parts of winter and early spring when it snows more than you might expect. Well, thanks for coming by to check on us military helicopters. The waters were seeping in this week once again, and I thought, you know, it hasn't flooded since late August. If you're spending Thanksgiving week up here in Turkey Town, on Wednesday, Woden's Day, Thanksgiving Eve, they asked me to do a few rounds or whatever it is. I don't know how trivia night works, to be honest. I've never attended such a thing. But that's at the Tiny Pony, 7 to 9 p.m. on Thanksgiving Eve. Trivia night. Don't call them. There's no other information. Don't call people. That's one of the maxims. Maybe I'll do the bonus round all about trucker songs, a subject I know very well. Used to be a truck driver myself, you know? Good night from the Voice of the Desert.